everyone. This is Barack Lurie, and this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. With me, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. We have so many things to talk about, and I guess the first thing to talk about is the fact that we have so many things to talk about. You know, it's one scandal upon the other, and uh, we, we live in a time, just for purposes of making sure to understand the time reference here, where we have this uh, Bergdahl scandal where we released you know, five uh, known terrorists for, in exchange for this one soldier who uh, left his uh, base under very questionable circumstances at best and, um, and as a deserter at worst. And uh, we're very concerned about that. Uh, then, of course, you've got the VA uh, disaster. Then you've got the Benghazi investigation. Then you have the IRS scandal. Then you have the uh, march onto Baghdad by the bad guys, known as ISIS, uh, who are take, taking over uh, all of Iraq at this point, uh, now that we've left everyone uh, behind. Uh, sorry, that we've pulled every soldier out of uh, Iraq in 2011. And then, uh, of course, uh, we now have the IRS scandal as well. Lois Lerner uh, apparently revealing that she somehow lost all the, e- uh, the emails. The dog ate her homework. The dog ate her homework, which, you know, we talked... Before, like that's that's a cute argument, but uh, it it doesn't really fly uh, because you know the dog eating your homework is actually a possibility. <laughs> that that can actually happen. It may not be true, but it can actually happen. Uh, whereas um, the emails cannot get lost; they don't get destroyed. It's it's they're always back up, and you think that they're destroyed, but surprise, surprise, they're there somewhere. So it's only a, a way of delaying the inevitable with with them. And so, you know, it's one scandal upon the other in order to, and what, what they're doing is simply to, that they're literally inventing scandals, I think, at this point, simply to provide cover from the, for the most recent scandal. And to create scandal fatigue, clearly, right. so that the public forgets about all the scandals. Oh, I'm tired of scandals. That's right. right. Yeah, that, that's probably it. But in a way, it's, it's a little bit like the alcoholic who uh, decides that the best way to get rid of his, um, his hangover is by drinking more alcohol. That's one way you can do it, right? You can definitely get rid of your hangover by drinking more alcohol. Uh, you know, the fact that you're <laughs> delaying the inevitable and having a massive hangover after that, well, that's, that's uh, a, a problem that you'll worry about later. But that's, uh, that's what they're doing. Kind of like I'm hungover. I have to go to work, so I better drink. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's one way of doing it. So instead of just dealing with the, the hangover as you have it, maybe have some coffee. You know, if that works, I don't know. I've never had the hangover, so I don't know. But the point is that this is a one scandal upon the other, and they're, they're just, again, engaging, drinking the alcohol to avoid the, the, the hangover. Uh, that's, the, that's the most charitable interpretation of it all. Um, another way of looking at it is that there was a great Simpsons episode with Montgomery Burns. He's the old and very evil man uh, in, in the show. He's the boss of the nuclear power plant. He owns it. And he goes to a physical... And he, he says, uh, and the doctors look at him and, and they're so amazed because he apparently has every known disease known to man, like leukemia and uh, Parkinson's and cancer and everything that you could think of, he has it. And, and, and it's, it's a marvel that he's just alive. Yeah, and they're all canceling each other that, out. That's what it is. They, they, they explain on the show, they actually you know, draw it. Imagine, if you will, a doorway, <laughs> which there's, you know, it's so cluttered with so many different people or, or things uh, that it's, it's all jammed in there. Nothing can get through it. 
And that's the way it is with Mr. Burns. He uh, has so many diseases that, that no, no one disease can, can take over the body. And they can't, you can't get it over. So, and that's what I think about this Obama administration. They have so many scandals that not one of them seems to be taking uh, as it should. There's no one Watergate. Never mind that each one of these is far worse than Watergate ever was, right? Watergate was a cover-up. Nobody died in Watergate. And it was just a cover-up. The, the underlying wrong was not so terrible. It's a, it's a burglary, yes, but for the purpose of gaining information about the other side, fine. Okay, it's not, no one, no one is upset about the burglarizing part of it. And no one was really upset or surprised that, that people try to gain information about the other side. It was about the cover-up, period. Much like it was about Bill Clinton when he, when he lied under oath. It wasn't the sex itself, uh, which you know, was an issue, of course, but that wasn't cause for him to be impeached. It was his lying about it. So, but, but going back to the, you know, the doorway and all these different scandals, that is what's happening. That's the, the thing that seems to explain what's what. And the best way for this Obama administration to handle this is by way of just adding more and more scandal. I, I think maybe you're, you've got a good point there to say that there's, they're all scandaled out, to use your phrase. And, uh, and, and then to dismiss them all and each of them as a phony scandal. Yeah, the way Democrats generally work is something bad will happen, a scandal. Then they'll, they'll delay and deny, delay and deny, like Benghazi. Right. Then six months later, there's finally an investigation. They find out something juicy, and then the Democrats say, well, that's old news. Right, <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah, you got to trot that all in. Yeah. yeah so. Those are the tired old uh, stories of the past. <laughs> Can't we just move on? <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. That is very true. Um, and, and, and that's what we have. So, so I, but I want to read to you a far greater issue that's coming to uh, to date. I mean, everything else is paling in comparison. This is... Uh, everything can wait. Everything yes. can wait. We, we need to really focus. Uh, you know, yes, it's true that the world is on fire. Uh, Libya is in chaos. Um, Baghdad about to fall. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Syrian red line situation is terrible. Uh, we've got uh, the Crimea situation, of course. Iran said there's no Holocaust, so they're going to have one. Right. Uh, Iran is on the brink of nuclear armament. Um, we've got, uh, of course, the Bergdahl situation. We've got the IRS uh, scandal. North Korea. Don't North, Korea North Korea is always, always, always out a there. threat. I mean, th th those things are very important. Uh, the VA mess, of course. Um, these are all very interesting issues. Very, very interesting. But let's put things in perspective because there are some things and I think you'll agree with me uh, that the following issue is far greater than this. What am I talking about, my friends? I'm talking about the struggle to end discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in, as a global challenge, my friends. And that is central to the United States' commitment to promoting human rights. My friends, this is the most important issue of the 21st century. You need to understand this, and you need to understand it now, that LGBTE is imperative. It is the only issue of the day. Wait a minute. Have I gone crazy? Yes, I guess I have. You never pound on the table. <laughs> That's true. See, it, it takes this to get me emotional. 
this gets me really, really emotional. Uh, okay, obviously this is crazy. I, I, you know, I, I must be joking, right? I, I must be joking when I say that, you know, that, that the struggle to end discrimination against lesbian, uh, gay, bisexual, and transgender, known as LGBT, uh, people around the globe is a global challenge and uh, one that we need and that it's central to our United States commitment to promoting human rights. Okay? That this is the number one priority. Number one foreign policy priority. You would say, Barack, I mean, okay, you know, this, you're joking, right? I mean, this is, this is a satire. This is a parody. Uh, clearly, this is not happening. All right, well, I read to you directly from the president himself having written a presidential memorandum dash international initiatives to advance the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender persons. And it was, it's for immediate release as of December 6, 2011. So this reflects the true goal of the Obama administration, and that is the number one issue, the foreign policy issue. And he described this in great detail in this memorandum, which I don't want to read to you in full because I think, frankly, you'll get sick hearing it. But this is his, his way of looking at the world. This is his number one priority, at least as of late uh, 2011. So let me get this straight. You have this world that's on fire, in some cases literally, uh, with all the things that we already mentioned, and his number one priority is, is this, the advancement of LGBT. How, how would you feel if you were, say, oh, I don't know, a Muslim woman? Hmm? How would you feel about that? Knowing that um, the, the, your rights as a woman in any of these countries is fairly non-existent, right? That, that, if you, that if you so much as even try to educate your, your girls, uh, you're likely to be killed, or at least to be uh, maligned and uh, maybe throw maybe some acid thrown in your face, you know, because you may have looked at another man, or there's a threat of that, or um, you know, clitorectomies, you know, that's that's somehow okay. That's that's nothing compared to the rights of LGBT people. That is the number one foreign policy initiative. It would have been nice to have seen a presidential memorandum focusing on women, don't you think? Don't you think? How about uh, anybody that uh, has a different, different religious uh, belief? How about that as a foreign policy initiative to say that if you're Jewish or Christian, and God knows Jews and Christians, especially Christians now in, in uh, near the Arab world, are really suffering. Um, they are really being persecuted. Uh, I mean, I don't even, I, I, think, I think the Muslim world knows what a gay person is, Did you but they don't know what a bisexual person is uh, or, or, or a transgender person. They, don't, they haven't even gotten to that, that point. And it's like, uh, I don't know, trying to talk to a caveman about glasses. They, it, they just didn't, you know, the technology hasn't arisen to that point. So th this is where we are. This is a, a, an agenda that the Obama administration is seriously trying to push. This is where we are. You know, it's all about standards at the end of the day, isn't it? Right? You decide what standards you wish to apply and that you wish to enforce, and uh, that's where it goes. That's, that, that reflects who you are as a society. If you don't enforce the standards, they eventually 
your society collapses. Now, when I talk about this, everyone is everyone. A lot of people listening saying, "What are you saying that you can't have uh, LGBT people?" Of course not. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying, however, that what you focus on as the most important thing to enforce and to help um, is a reflection on on your society. And that's why I said, why not focus on women? Why not focus on on difference differences in religion? But he doesn't doesn't think about that at all, because he knows what is powerful is LGBT. He knows that's the issue du jour, and that's what he's focusing on. And, and maybe he feels uh, this is a way of uh, disrupting society one way or the other. I, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've just kind of given up figuring out his logic. But here's why I'm bringing it up. I, I'm bringing it up because it talks about standards and the issue of standards. Remember, Rome fell apart um, because people forgot, essentially, why Rome became Rome or how Rome became Rome. There was so much hard work that came to it. Just by way of example, bringing water to Rome via the aqueducts, this extraordinary engineering feat where they, they brought in water from all parts of the empire that poured into Rome. And then eventually, after many decades, people just took the water for granted, not realizing that if you don't maintain the aqueducts, you're not going to get the water after a while. And if you don't protect the aqueducts from bad guys, and in those days they were called barbarians, such as the Visigoths, the Huns, um, the, um, the Goths, the Vikings, and otherwise, the Vandals, um, then that's a very easy way for them to to cut supplies to Rome and eventually weaken it. But if you were to talk to people in the days of Rome, everything was good. They were the unquestioned empire of the world, uh, the known world back then. And so they, um, they, they got lazy. They got intellectually lazy. They began to start thinking like nothing really matters. They forgot about the standards that created the Rome that was so strong and so beneficial to them. And then it, it took only a little while. It, you know, toward the end of the Roman Empire, it was just a question of these, these nothing groups of people who didn't have real armies. They were just thugs that just whittled away and, and took over Rome. Just one day it was just gone. That was it. And it, it got to the point that nobody really cared to even take over Rome, necessarily. They just, it was just done. They took the, the, the spoils of Rome, and that was that. That's all. Looted. And we forget why Rome fell. And the Rome fell because it was a, a complete lack of appreciation for standards. And that's what you have. Here, if, if you want to destroy society, if you really want to do it well, the first thing you go after are the standards. Get rid of that, and you're well on your way. You will not do as well by blowing up this or that building or you know, killing a lot of soldiers and this or that um, uh, army base. No, you won't get there. You will get there by destroying the standards that brought the people there in the first place. That's that's what that's what we're going to do. And, and and when I see ridiculous articles like this, and with with all due respect to the LGBT community, really, okay, if you want to be a transgender person, God bless you. That's fine. If you want to be gay and lesbian bisexual, God bless you, 
no issue there. I don't care what you do behind closed doors or otherwise. But the fact that you're going to devote as a president all your energy toward this as the most important standard and ignoring everything else as he apparently is, that's a reflection of where we are, where we're going. And I, I think what's telling is what was the date of the uh, the presidential memorandum again? Uh, looks like December 2011. Okay, let's uh, not do a full-on Google search here, but let's step into the Wayback Machine and just do a thought experiment. So what was going on in the world? We had Libya, because this is before Benghazi, so the Libya invasion was happening. The Syria red line was happening. And this thing that was going to happen the very next year called the presidential election is this is right when Obama uh, evolved, I believe it was, evolved on homosexual marriage, same-sex marriage, or... Yeah, same-sex marriage. And um, he was obviously reaching out to the gay community for all those donations that were being withheld. So this was a piece of presidential probably fundraising butt-kissing. That's right. That's right. Um, You know, the thing about it is that, I mean, what you're saying is interesting because uh, according to Breitbart, which has just uh, released this, well, you know, it's, it just released this. It's, so it's not as if it's reporting on an old story that is almost uh, three years old at this no, point. No, they just kind of discovered it. Did it? Well, they discovered Probably it. Well, no, it's stuff. actually, no, it's more than that. They, they, uh, they have decided that they're now uh, trying to advance this and to make it part of policy of you. Oh, of so it was law. just a memorandum in 2011. Now it's being integrated That's into official right. policy. Ah. Right. right. In legislation introduced last Friday, so just the 13th, the participation of all federal contractors put U.S. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, in, yeah. In the legislation introduced last Friday, LGBT rights would become an official foreign policy priority. And there's a link to that uh, by uh, Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts and 24 Democratic senators. They all want to make this part of U.S. law. So uh, they want to make that, and they want to make uh, the foreign policy priority of the United States and would include U.S. training of professional foreign military. The legislation would require the participation of all federal contractors, put U.S. pressure on international institutions, and work in all global sectors, quote-unquote sectors, including, quote, economic, education, health, nutrition, legal, and judicial Close quote. The legislation calls for U.S. pressure on individuals and also the family. Uh, so, ask- so, so in other words, it is a full-on um, attack, full-on uh, assault, full, full court press, to use a basketball phrase, uh, to make this uh, well-known and well-observed and to really push for this. Interesting. Can I ask you a quick question about this mm-hmm. thought experiment here? How do you think university students – in the across the country, who are members of the Muslim Student Associations, who've also received federal loan guarantees, are going to take this. Tell me. I asked you first. <laughs> oh, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that going over. Or does that mean that they're going to pull the student loans of any member of the Muslim Student Associations who oh, demonstrates a hostility towards the LGBT community on campus and also receives is also in these colleges <laughs> due to federal monies. Well, but, you know, but, but let me go on with this article because there's 
There's more. It's, it's there's like more. A, it's like an infomercial, you know. But wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Included with your order. If you act now, uh, the legislation would um, would also mandate that non-gay LGBT campaigners be given special refugee status in the United States. Okay. What? I don't understand. What that oh, means. oh, I see. People non, who work on non, behalf of. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. Non-gay LGBT campaigners. So anybody who's supporting. Yes, I see. Uh, the bill would establish a special. In other words, for political asylum and otherwise, the bill would establish a special envoy within the State Department appointed by the president to carry out the bill's mandate. The special envoy. The special envoy would quote direct all activities, policies, programs, and funding relating to the human rights of LGBT people. For all, uh, I can't read this. Uh, all people, I think, and offices of the Department of State and in the international programs for all other federal agencies. Under the law, there would be a quote global strategy requirement, close quote, such that within 180 days after enactment, the special envoy must create a five-year global plan. Did you hear that five-year plan? Five-year plans. <laughs> that will <Very> first Stalinistic. <laughs> that will first quote. Fully implement, close quote, President Obama's 2011 presidential memorandum that first made LGBT the administration, uh, sorry, the president's foreign policy priority. The administration has made it clear that LGBT is a red line. Oh, there it is again. Not a pink line? Do you really want to use that word? Well, phrase, the, a, pink, line? a pink would be appropriate for this one. No, I, I know. I'm talking about, I, I understand. <laughs> oh. I'm going past your cute joke. I'm going past that. All right. The administration has made it clear that LGBT is a red line government's uh, cross at their own peril. Okay. Oh, I see. So let me get, let me just get this straight. Okay. Hang on, because I'm trying to wrap my head. Did you just say we're going to get this straight? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm being offensive. I'm being so yeah. offended. All right. Let me get this straight. So, when it comes to using chemical weapons in a country called Syria. And doing so repeatedly when the red line has been set. That you can cross. That's not a real serious red line. But you, you, you insult an LGBT person, that, we don't tolerate that kind of crap. <laughs> you, you, you want to kill people with chemical weapons? By all means. That, yeah, that, that, that doesn't matter. I mean, that's cool. But did you, did you say something ni- not so nice to that gay person over there? Did you make a joke about Bradley slash Chelsea Manning? That's right. Uh, that won't be tolerated. Come with me, sir. <laughs> the, the gay police are coming. So the, then it continues on. The administration has stopped development funding for desperately poor Uganda because of Uganda's new, and some would say harsh, laws governing homosexual activity. The halted funding included money to stop the spread of HIV and AIDS. So they're more happy to have people die of AIDS. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. They, you, you can't figure this out. Even liberals have suggested that the aggressive U.S. stance on an issue not favored by most of the world has already caused a backlash. The president of Uganda, for instance, said he eventually signed the harsh news law, new laws because he was offended by what he and others saw as an imperialistic push uh, by the Obama administration. Okay, that's not here nor there, that last part. But the point is that they, they, they want to make it clear we were really serious about this. This we are serious about, and this is what is important to us. All your other crap about women, for example, uh, you know, that doesn't matter. Uh, whether you're, you're being persecuted, in fact, beheaded, for that matter, as a result of uh, your belonging to a different faith, 
uh, all this um, apartheid uh, attitude that you have for anybody who is not Muslim, um, that's, uh, that, that, that's cool. We can deal with that. But we cannot deal with your not being nice to lesbian, gays, bisexual, or transgender people. That is crap up with which we will not put. <laughs> so, I mean, that is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, always make sure the preposition is not at the end. That was like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when, it, when when grammar goes awry. <laughs> grammar gone wild. <laughs> grammar gone wild. It just flaps its, its boobs. It's, it's, yeah, it's correct grammar, but you know sometimes you just you just gotta say it. Anyway, that's that's crap we won't put up with. That is just garbage, right? So we, 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 you know, that's where, that's where we're at. This is a very strange policy, right? I mean, literally when I first saw this news item, I, and then I want to go into something else. When I first saw it, uh, it was from Breitbart.com. And, you know, it's, it's a conservative website. I mean, I, I think that they are pretty reliable. I, I enjoy, you know, I like reading their news, and, and they, they really do good research. They vetted their stories. And when they do something wrong, they print retractions right, right away. Right away. So I thought to myself exactly that, that, okay, this is probably a joke. Maybe, maybe somebody's taken over the Breitbart website and, and created this, this bizarre thing here. Um, but uh, and then I thought, oh, there's, here's a link to a presidential memorandum. So let's see what this is. Because I, I couldn't accept this article for what, what it was saying. So then I, I open up the presidential memorandum thing and – and it says from the White House and the memorandum from the White House, and it's got very serious language, and it looks very serious. And I thought, okay, I still couldn't accept it. I, I said, this is this is too bizarre for me. And uh, as I'm reading it, I'm certain that this is also uh, a hoax, but it's not. It's really not. This is a a priority. It says in the foreign policy of the Obama administration, a priority. Look, you can stand wherever you want to stand when it comes to gay marriage and otherwise. Fine. But, but please, keep it in perspective, folks. I mean, this is not the number one priority of the world, of the United States. The number one priority, I mean, I, first of all, I thought the number one priority was climate change. Right? I thought that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Right? I forgot. I totally forgot. But the, the, the number one priority is the defense of the United States and to make sure that we still have a, a, a United States we can preserve and actually enjoy. So dealing with the threats to the United States, I, 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 isn't this kind of obvious? But instead, that's not the number one policy. I mean, please, even if, look, you and I are Jewish. And if I were to hear from the president, Obama or otherwise, that the number one priority is um, to advance uh, Jewish causes, at home and abroad. Forcing the rules of kosher on yeah, everyone yeah. That, that, worldwide. That, a good example. We'd say, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I, I'd say, thanks. I didn't ask for this, and it doesn't make any sense. We're only 0.02% of the world population and only uh, 2% of the America's population. So it doesn't make quite sense to me. Um, but And, and I, if I were gay or a lesbian or transgender or whatever, I, I would say, again, like, What's this all about? I mean, it's nice that you're doing this, but don't we have other priorities here? Yeah. Well, can I make a quick point with an analogy on this? Because I think it's very telling. Yeah. It's very quick. If they did do your hypothetical thing uh, that we just came up with together, right. uh, they're imposing the rules of kosher upon the world and saying it's our highest priority. 
forget that's a nice thing and complimentary of our Jewish heritage. Okay, wonderful. How many people would starve to death once pork is outlawed? Okay. How many people in China ha only have pork to eat? Right. In small villages in God knows where. And now they're starving to death because of some dictate from some central government in a, on a different continent. Same thing here. How many people in Uganda are going to die of dengue fever because of tsetse fly bites mm -hmm. who are not going to receive that aid because Uganda has some social mores that are not exactly part of the 21st century community. Agreed. But just because they don't have those mores, are those people sacrificable? Do those people deserve to die an agonizing death from an exotic disease? Apparently. Uh, you know, and That's I mean, what he's deciding here. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is, going back to Uganda, because you brought up a very interesting issue. Uganda said, uh, or sorry, enacted these uh, anti-gay laws. Okay. And they're, they're very uh, bad laws, and they're very primitive, and they're very backward. Uh, they're more or less the laws are that if, if you engage in homosexual activity, you go to prison. They, they criminalize uh, gay behavior. Okay. Um, and, and so as a consequence, we are taking immediate action to withdraw funding from this uh, anti-gay country known as Uganda. All right, got it. Why aren't we doing the same thing with Saudi Arabia, with um, Syria, with uh, Iran? Iran? <laughs> why, why aren't we, because I mean, the reason why we're putting any sanctions on Iran, and now of course that, that has gone by the wayside too, but the reason why we ever had any sanctions in the first place was only to prevent them from doing nuclear armament, right? It had nothing to do with how evil they were to women and to gays, for that matter. Or to Jews. Or to or Jews, to Christians. Else. Yeah, they, they, they discriminate right and left on a far more horrific level. If you're a woman, uh, it's not a question of being criminalized. You'll be stoned if you, if you commit adultery or if you so much be accused of, of committing adultery. Or you go out uh, without, uh, without a, a male relative. Or uh, the proper headscarf right. configuration. Or, or that, that the society approves of honor killings. Uh, so, so that's somehow okay, or at least that's not worthy of our attention to demand a change in policy uh, in exchange for funding, right? That that is that's okay. Wait, right. wait, wait. But but Uganda, when it says, because apparently that was a very sensitive issue for America, and and apparently it's the number one foreign policy issue. So I think they they've lived right up to that foreign policy uh, imperative uh, that they want to enact into real law. And uh, they're doing that now with Uganda. So that, there's an example. You, you can expect more of that. But what else does it look like? What, what does it look like to, to advance the rights of transgender people? Are you saying, for example, going to transgender people, that if you don't allow people to have a um, um, to, to wear a dress when he's a man, or if he wants to have a, a sexual uh, a transsexual operation, that uh, that you're somehow going to withhold funding? How does that look like? I'm just if curious. If the government chooses not to fund gender reassignments for all on demand, that, that's right. Yeah, what does that look like? Yeah. What does that look? Anyway, I, this is so stupid, and it's it, if it weren't so sad, I would say it's stupid. Um, it's also ironic because Obama, remember, is this anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist kind of guy, right? Isn't this a colonial power imposing its mores upon a developing nation that's to the point where people are going to suffer? <laughs> I mean, talk yeah. about being exactly what you say you hate. You know what, Ari? I'm sitting here in silence because your point is so excellent. Oh, thank you. It's really an excellent point. It's... it's uh, 
It's the imposition of will uh, based upon what you think is right. But you would decry, certainly, wouldn't you, Mr. Obama, that if we were trying to impose, impose Christian values, or for that matter, God values upon the entire world, you would, you would, you would just be apoplectic. You would you'd be in shock. But when it comes to imposing your pro-gay agenda, that's okay. Tell me what's the difference, sir. Tell me. I, 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 it's, I, you know what? I'm getting very angry. Now, now I'm, I'm I just, have to I'm, stop I'm just, you. That is a brilliant point. Thank you. That, I mean, that was, that's an amazing point. Because imagine exactly how freaked out they'd be if you dared to introduce, forget what version of it, God to North Korea. Right. Or if you dare to convert on mass to Christianity all the non-Christians of Syria. Yeah. Who are slaughtering the Christians under the idea that the only way to stop the slaughter of Christians is to make the non-Christians Christian. That's right. Oh, <laughs> it would be a big issue. I, I, I'm, I'm just getting really upset. I don't even know if I can continue this podcast. Too much. I mean, this is really upsetting me because it's so, um, it's so in your face. It's so transparent. This is the only thing they are transparent about it. They, they, Obama said that they're, they're going to be the most transparent administration in history. Hey, maybe they're right. <laughs> but not, not, not transparent in the way that they would like to be transparent or that they're claiming to be transparent. But they're transparent to us in the sense of what they're really trying to achieve. Uh, and it's, it's a bizarre agenda. It's, um, it's a distracting agenda. And it, does, it certainly does not want to deal with the real issues. Anyway, I... I'm going to deal with one other issue that I'd like to talk about, and that is the IRS scandal and the latest and greatest from that scandal. As you know, um, Lois Lerner, who was the head of the IRS, uh, was uh, required to testify. The head of her um, 501c uh, nonprofit division. division. Right. Yes. Good point. Uh, she's the head of that division, and she uh, basically, uh, at first she, she claimed innocence and then took the fifth. And there's all sorts of problems with that. And then she was forced to come, come back uh, to Congress because you can't do that. You can't say, I'm innocent, and then also use the, the fifth. I mean, there, there are many nuances in the Fifth Amendment about what you can say before. So the smart answer is always to say, on advice of my counsel, I uh, hereby invoke the Fifth Amendment to protect my rights against self-incrimination. And then you get up and you walk away. You say nothing before, you say nothing after. You don't even say hello. Um, but, you know, arguably you can say, um, thank you for seeing me today. And that's fine, right? Nobody would, would say you blew it. Yeah. But, but she specifically said, I want, to know, I want you to know ahead of time that I did nothing wrong, that I observed all the laws of uh, this country. I had nothing I'm to not do with the gambling you're shocked to discovery. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> By the way, I'm totally innocent. And I'm not going to. Yeah, well, she said, I'm, I'm totally innocent. She actually right. went to the substance of the issue that I have done nothing wrong, and I hereby invoke the fifth. Okay, you can't do that. You just can't do that. And, and uh, they, they hauled her back. She said the same thing, and she refused to testify. And based upon that, they held her in contempt. So that's, that's where it is. That's part one of the story. Part two of the story is that the Cong Congress has been subpoenaing uh, bank records, uh, sorry, sorry, emails, uh, communications. All the documents, all including these documents, emails. Including emails. And among those were emails uh, that Lois Lerner herself had. Uh, you can imagine they're very extensive and probably very uh, um, damaging. Incriminating. Incriminating. There's the word. There's the word I'm looking for. Incriminating. And uh, she has decided that they are, um, well, they're not there anymore. 
because there was some sort of crash on the computer well, they, system. They There's found some, all the ones that she sent internally to the IRS. The ones that disappeared magically are all the ones sent to people outside the IRS. Ah, well, that's, that crash was very selective. Right, very selective <laughs> crash. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> that's like, a, you know, literally a crash where you have a, a crash between two cars uh, and, and there's several people in the car and you, you, you hope that you only kill, you know, this particular person and that particular person and sure enough, when you get into the crash, those two people die and the other people come out without scratches. That's, that's nice. But, or, or you spray a gun into a crowded theater and you only want to hit, you know, bad guys. <laughs> and you do. So, and you, yeah, that's, anyway, so, uh, we talked in the very beginning of this uh, uh, podcast about how, you know, the dog ate the paper excuse um, won't fly here because um, emails don't get destroyed. Uh, it's very easy to do, especially with the, the massive amount of government money that we could throw at it to un- uncover emails. You can do that easily. But so anyway, that's obviously for for um, I, th- I think it was uh, did I hear on The Wall Street Journal today. It was obviously for public consumption to say that they were deleted. They know that they're not fooling anyone uh, on this. That, that, that is very, very super duper clear. Yeah, they also know that, it, let's just say, if all the hard drives that contain all the data and the backups happen to crash, at least one of them, if you took it to a hard drive forensic company, they could just open it up, pull the platters out. Somehow reconstitute the data, reassemble it. They do it all the time with with your and my uh, crash hard drives with our kids' pictures on it. Yeah, somehow get formatted. They somehow get it back. Somehow the FBI does that to child molesters and kitty porn smugglers. So how are they going to lose this? How are they? Uh, that's such a good point. Well, uh, obviously it's just garbage. Look, um, we have two different stories here, right? One is the story about prioritizing the LGBT agenda. Uh, in the foreign policy arena for you know less i mean it's just so crazy um as a as a true agenda like that that should take precedence so that that's the crazy thing about it it's one thing to even say that it should be a issue an issue uh, something to discuss something to consider be concerned about but to, to make it yeah. to, to make it the priority that's what fast I mean, just I am just getting angry yeah like from the song a number one top of the heap that's right <laughs> top of the list. It's a Frank Sinatra lyric, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True, but so so that's one thing. And then now we have the Lois Lerner situation. There's something in common with both of those stories, as disparate uh, a story as as each one seems to be from the other, right? They're both major distractions. They're both efforts to, on the one hand, to actually you know one is actually to uh, the the IRS scandal is to to cover up as a distraction, to say, well, we lost the emails and hoping that, that nobody will focus on it. The LGBT story is a concocted distraction designed to redirect our attention. One is passive and one is active, but they're both distractions designed to fool the people that they think that they can fool all the time. And we know from Abraham Lincoln you can fool some of the people some of the time, all of the people some of the time, some of the people all the time, but not all of the people all of the time. It just doesn't work. Mr. Obama, we have another two and a half years with you. I suspect that we're going to have scandal after scandal. I'm waiting for next week's scandal, whatever that might be. 
but I can tell you, you, can, uh, you cannot hide all these. This will be the most scandalous administration in history, the way you're going. And I, I suspect that nothing will change. You will continue to think that you're doing nothing wrong because the media is telling you you're doing nothing wrong and you're surrounding yourself with yes-men who would never, ever chastise you or to caution you about the way you're going about doing business. This is Barack Lurie. This has been the Lurie Law Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Stop.